and welcome to here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will try to guide you through a movie by pointing out its good points, its bad points, and its eh points. Each and every month there's a theme, and as it's February, I'm doing Witchy Women, aka Fierce Females in February. Tonight, I'm looking at Practical Magic from 1998, based on the 1995 book of the same name. Something I never know about until I done some digging on this bloody movie. I thought this was the original idea, but there we have it. One thing I want to know here is what exactly was with the 90s and witchcraft? We had Charmed, The Craft, Sabrina Teenage Witch, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, Hocus Pocus, said this thing was fucking everywhere. Everywhere was witchcraft, witchcraft, witchcraft. What in the hell was it with the late 90s? Actually, the 90s, I mean, the late 90s, the whole 90s. I mean, even I was a quote-unquote white witch uh, for a period. Mind you, I was a fashion trend jumper in, in, in my 20s, so there we have that one. <laughs> I was in this movie about a good 10, 15 times, and I like how it mixes witchcraft with a sisterly bond. Although, I was shocked that this has a bad rap. Only 21% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.3 on IMDb. See, this is why I don't give a two rats arse about Rotten Tomatoes and their ridiculous scores because the users don't give two rats arse about the fucking movies. They're a bunch of fucking wannabe bloody, I don't know, pick up looking movie critic. I mean, crying out loud. Although I will say this movie should have been a little, little bit darker because it's a bit too soft and fluffy for its own goods. I mean, apparently the original cut was much more darker and the studio meddled with it, so there was that one. Anyway, let's cast the spell and see if this will bewitch you. With a budget of $75 million, this thing pulled in $46.7 million, which is fucking shocking in my uh, uh, opinion. The cast, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Stockard Channing, uh, Diane Wiest, Goran Ivishevich, what's his name, and Aidan Quinn. Directed by Griffin Dunn, of the plot. Two sisters, raised by their eccentric aunts in a small town, face scorn from the town folk. Why? Well, it could be the fact they're all witches. When one sister is under the control of an abusive boyfriend, the other must break his spell too bad, they end up killing him. Days later, the sister is possessed by the boyfriend, so the other sister must get help from the town folk to rid the evil spirit once and for all, while trying to find love and keep her daughters safe. Can she do so? Find out here. So, after the Warner logo, it opens up on a witch hanging, as we hear a voiceover from Aunt Frances, played by Stockard Channing. She's explaining that the Owens women have been blamed for everything bad happening in the small town for over 200 years. She, along with her other sister, Aunt Jet, played by Diane West, is telling the story to their nieces. Actually, their grandnieces? No, it's her nieces. Um, turns out uh, their great-great-great-aunt Maria Owens, played by Caprice Benedicti, I was the first witch in the bloodline. Is that right? Great, great. Yeah, maybe I must have great or added a great. I have no idea. Hmm. And she was a bit of a heartbreaker, having multiple men fall under her spell. So for that, the woman of the village hated her and hung her for being a witch. Unfortunately, when the rope snaps, as it pops the titles, that causes the town folks to run in fear. She was then banished to a remote island, 
when she built her own house and raised her own love child. However, she cast a spell on herself to never fall in love again, which turned into a curse so that no owns woman will ever find true love. If she does, then a Death Watch beetle will come and take her partner. Cut to a flash forward to their mother, sorry, to the mother of the nieces. Uh, that is desperately trying to save her husband from the curse. It failed, so they were sent to live with their aunts. Does that make sense? Because I don't think I think they fucked up it up. Basically, the father dies and the mother goes into deep depression and sends the the kids away. Basically. Hmm. Anyway, the nieces are Sally, played by Camilla Bell, and Jillian or Jellybean, played by Laura Ann Griswell. Kids of the neighborhood don't like these two sisters, so pill them with rocks, chanting, Witch, Witch, you're a witch! Charming little fuckers these are, me for crying out loud. Hmm. So the ants tell them not to worry, the the curse will not affect them, because they're banging about true love and how they're, they're, they're too scared of love, and la 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 la, that it is not real. Okay then, I mean, the, one of the... Um, sisters drop the fact that, oh, I can't wait to fall in love. And she goes, no, no, you can't fall in love because daddy died because of love, blah, 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 blah. And this is the whole bit where the curse comes back into it. Anyway, that night, a frantic neighbour comes to the aunts to cast a love spell on a man she wants to bat he's already married. Uh, hello, love, personal gain. Also, three times fold, which is why you shouldn't point at someone unless your three fingers are pointing down because karma will get you as it will backfire to you three times fold. Anyway, the ants get the neighbour to kill a dove and take hundreds of dollars to cast a spell. Want a neighbour to be careful what you wish for. And it's just dropped. There's no comments or consequences to a spell at all. It's just dropped. So, hmm. Later, Sally casts a true love spell that he'll be kind, ride a horse backwards, whistle her favourite song, his favourite shit will be a star, and he have one green eye and one blue eye. She goes on to say, if her dream man doesn't exist, then she will never be heartbroken. Fast forward to <coughs> Teen Sally, now played by Sandra Bullock, and Jillian, played by Nicole Kidman. Jillian, or Jellybean, as I'm going to call from now on in, uh, is running away from the ants because she's had enough of being restrained. She's also complaining that she doesn't have the powers that Sally has. So she runs off with some random jock. It seems Jellybean falls in love hard a lot. Sally asks her if she's sure this time. Uh, Jellybean says, but yes, of course she is. But they will grow old and die together. With that, she cuts open their palms and they have a blood oath. Just like that, I mean. Hmm. And note, this house wasn't real. It was torn down after filming, as it was supposed to be in New England, but this was shot in the San Juan Strait in Washington. So months, if not years, go by. The ants tell Sally um, at the post office that they get letters from Jelly. And of course, there's a, uh, a postcard. She's in Florida, and she's on her umpteenth man. And I love how the entire town folk avoid these ants that... Uh, I mean, like they're a plague, I mean, hmm. yeah, these ants are nothing but nice to these people, but there we have it on. Also, here Aunt Jet spots a delivery man that caught Sally's eye. Later, Sally is planting flowers in a yard, 
that the ants have cast a lust spell on her, so Sally runs straight into the arms of the delivery guy, and he is Michael, played by Mark uh, Feuerstein. Three years later, they're married and they have two children, and their life is perfect. You know where this is going, don't you? Yeah, he dies after Sally hears the Death Watch beetle and tries to stop it, but to vain. Meanwhile, in Florida, Jilly picks up a bad boy, Jimmy Angelov, played by Goran Vizovich, and she falls with him hard. Back to Sally, she's desperately trying to find and kill the beetle to save her man. Too late, as he's delivering fresh fruit. Um, a black dog is falling behind him, and note that is a very bad omen in witchcraft. Minutes later, he is hit by a truck and with a bloody well nowhere because there's a, there's a whole bike race thing and he's standing with all the roads and the bikes are going around him. He just stands perfectly still next to him. He's whacked by a, a, a truck. The fuck, movie? As apples rain down, Sally's heart shatters. Desperate, she runs to the ants to bring him back, but they refuse, saying it wouldn't be him, it would be something more darker, more unnatural. Sally then moves in with her daughters, Anita, played by Alexander Atrip, and Kylie, played by Evan Rachel Wood. So they move in with the ants because apparently she can't live with herself for some bloody old reason. Hmm. She then bans the ants from doing magic with her kids. Months later, Sally is in a funk, a deep depression. Nothing can get her out of this thing, not even the love from her kids. Suddenly, one day, She's out of it, as she looks at the scar on her palm, thinking of Jellybean, as in Florida, she does the exact same. So they're connected by blood then? Hmm. Jelly wants to visit, but Jimmy isn't having none of it. He is so possessive and so dominating, it is unreal here. So she speaks his drink with some sort of herb, and then drives to New England. Three days later, she's there for Sally. The two spend all night talking about their love life and losses. Jilly uh, drops that Jimmy is from Transylvania and she thinks he might be related to Dracula or something like that as he never sleeps and he's up all night. She adds she has to use Jet's Belladonna to drug him so she she can get some sleep as he never ever sleeps. And note this stuff is deadly. Nightshade, nightshade even. One milligram of this stuff is toxic. <clears throat> anyway, it can help in sleeping, however it can cause seizures, muscle weakness, difficulty breathing, skin rashes, so avoid this all fucking plague. Anyway, Sarah points out this is a real red flag. If she has to drug him to get some sleep, then run, love! By morning, Sally is back to her happy self. So is that how depression works? Well, you just get out of your funk just like that then? She then opens up a naturalist herbal store and sells various things like shampoo, conditioners and skin creams and such. Hiring Linda, played by Margot Martin Martindale, and Carler, played by Chloe Webb, to run the store day to day as she takes care of the kids and indeed her aunts. The town's folk bully Kyle and Antonia, so Kylie hexes the main bully with chicken pox. I love how later on in the movie the kids, all the kids have chicken pox. <laughs> Dear God. Anyway. That night, Sally catches the ants telling her kids about the curse. She then warns them off once and for all. Later, she's writing a letter to Jilly. Wait, so she wasn't actually there in person? What is with the fucking driving scene for three days? I mean, hmm. Saying she's lonely and misses human connections. 
Seconds later, she mails a letter as Jilly phones her for help. She's on the first plane to Florida, so the ants take the kids to the spring solstice. Cut to Sally in Jilly's hotel room. She's beaten up. Seems Jilly wanted to leave Jimmy, but he was having none of it and beat her over the over the bloody place. Basically, he slapped her around a few times. So Sally tells, tells her run for it, but Jilly says no, she won't leave without her tiger's eye pendant. And note, a tiger's eye is supposed to ward off evil and protection against bad vibes. So fucking feel miserable in this case then. Hmm. Jimmy catches her and forces Sally to drive them to God knows where. Jilly gets Sally to spike Jimmy's drink with the deadly nightshade. As he tries to brand Jilly with his snakehead ring. What the fuck, love? I mean, Jesus, Jinkies, what the fuck you seen this guy? I mean, sure, he's dark and mysterious and a bad boy, but really, love, you missed all these red flags. So Sally snatches his bottle of tequila and pours the entire vial of dead lightshade in it and then hands it back to him. Hours later, he is still awake as they're still driving. He takes out to go for a piss. And then when he comes back into this, the car, he starts singing um, Suspicious Minds and tries to strangle Jilly. Sally pulls him off her and in the struggle he dies. Panic hits as Jilly finds out it was an entire bottle of Deadly Nightshade. He decides to drive back to the aunt's house to bring her back from the dead. With Sally getting the Book of Shadows, Jilly cuts open Jimmy's clothes and slaps him around a bit. So, with some sage lit... A spew of some whipped cream on his body and a chant, Jimmy is back from the dead. Instantly he tries to choke Jilly, so Sally brains him with a cast iron frying pan and now he's dead again. They bury him in the rose bushes as the rain pours down. Next day, the ants and the girls are back. Days later, Jilly is, quote, working in Sally's store. And by working, I mean she's sitting on her arse, chain-smoking while, quote, testing all the products. Hmm. Sally is pissed she isn't being picked for the phone tree uh, mom thing, what the hell that thing is. So Jilly fixes it for her, so she is. That night, Jimmy's evil is leaking out of the garden, which is now filled with toads, snails, slugs, and other garden pests, including thorny vines. The ants conjure up my greeters using Jimmy's bottle of tequila they found on a doorstep. And cube midnight Margarita mixes, as all four women get drunk and dance around the kitchen. And note, this was real to kill the news, and insults were indeed real also. They were all drunk on sets. In a moment of drunk clarity, Sally notices the bottle and freaks out. So, Jilly and Sally tell the ants they will handle their own problems. With that, the ants leave in the middle of the night, casting a protection spell on the girls. Kyla refuses to enter the garden while Jimmy's ghost is standing by the roses, freaking her out as he's just staring menacingly at the bloody house. Kyla then tells them the sisters are gone and they have to quote to clump their own bloody well mess. With that, Jilly runs out and chops down the rose bushes. Sally stops her until they both see Jimmy's boots rising and then sinking back into the ground. Sally then tries to cut down all the roses. Up walks an Arizona State Trooper, Gary Howlett, played by Aidan Quinn. He pulls out his badge. It's a star! He also has two different coloured eyes, and he's investigating Jimmy's disappearance. Upstairs, Sally runs to Jilly, and here they get their story straight. He hit her, 
So she left him and haven't seen him since, and that was four days ago. Anyway, downstairs, Hallett has Sally's letter, which by the looks of it has been read about a dozen or so times. That's how he knows where Julie went. So Julie hits on him, telling him the story. He's not buying, however, seems he is immune to her charms. So Sally is then smitten. Turns out Jimmy was a serial killer and has killed at least six women by beating them up and branding them with his snakehead ring. So Hibbert checks the front seat and finds Deadly Nightshade seeds all over the place. He suspects foul play. Howlett then asks around town about the Owens woman. The townsfolk all call them witches and he just rolls right at this ridiculousness. As days later, Howlett's digging into Sally so she is pissed and confronts him. He tells her he'll tell her her findings at 10am the next morning. That night, Jillette is awakened by Jimmy's ghost. So next morning, she along with the girls cast a spell to rid, of, rid the evil spirit. Wait, hold on, no, 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 this is to get rid of the cop? What the fuck, love, would you get rid of the evil spirit, not the cop? I mean, hmm. Kylie finds her mother's spell book, which has the one true love spell written in it, asking if this is about their dad. Nope, it's about the cop, even though you can clearly see uh, how it has two blue eyes, not one green and one blue, but there we have that one. Jilly warns Kylie not to fall in love too quickly, as it is indeed dangerous. Wait... Wait a minute here. So this woman falls in love hand over fist, but she's warning her niece to stay out of, of love because love's bad for you. Karen, you have to wait for the one true love. Hmm. As in the greenhouse, Howitt finds deadly nightshade, saying it's poison. So Sally says, nope, it is completely harmless. She then pulls out his badge to prove the objects have no power, unless, of course, they are given power. Because that's how that one works apparently. Hmm. She then out and out tells him straight she killed Jimmy twice, but he doesn't buy it and just walks off. Okay then. He walks into the kitchen where he takes over cooking pancakes. What the fuck is going on here? Antonia thinks he is the one their mother wished for all those years earlier. Meanwhile, Jilly is mixing up some syrup with the poison in it. Another poison, the potion rather in it. What the fuck is happening here? This kind of went off rails a little bit. The girls steal the syrup and run off to it and drop it in the ocean as a bullfrog coughs up Jimmy's ring. So Habit takes the rings away with him, telling the sisters they'd get a lawyer stat. When he's gone, the two sisters bicker and uh, Sally calls Jelly selfish. How she brought this into Sally's perfect life. How she didn't need any of this crap. She had a perfect life and now she's stuck with two kids and stuck with the aunts and she has to deal with all this crap. So blah, 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 blah. With that, Sally storms out. To tell the truth to the cop, Jilly is then possessed by Jimmy. Sally runs to Hibbert to tell him the truth. In his hotel room, she finds out he's obsessed by her, having read the letter dozens and dozens of times. Okay then. She then spills all, saying Jilly didn't do anything. It was an accident going on that he is now haunting her from beyond the grave. Sally says the world was better off without this fucking arsehole Jimmy and he did he is a serial killer. He says that's not down to her because she can't be the judge during executioner. With that the two kiss. Okay what the fuck is happening here? I mean one minute she's saying she's a killer next minute he's saying you can't be the judge during executioner and next minute they're kissing. Who wrote this bloody bit? 
Sally then notices his eyes. She then runs out. On her way home, she hears Jilly calling out for help. Inside the house, the girls run from Jilly, who is possessed by the pure evil of Jimmy. Hallett follows Sally home and sees Jimmy's ghost out of Jilly's body. He then becomes solid and stalks after Sally. Hallett holds him at gunpoint, but Jimmy just tries to rip out his heart, but luckily he hits his badge. So it brands him by the power of good. Okay then, Jimmy enters Jilly, as that night, Sally tells Hallett everything. His head is spinning from all of this, this witchcraft, the ghosts and evil spirits. He also tells her he actually loves her for some unexplained reason. Sally explains he's under her spell. For him to leave, as she'll deal with Jimmy herself. That's not that word what's love. He is still there to investigate Jimmy's disappearance. He can't just brush it under a bloody carpet. With that, he tells her he wished for her too when he was a little boy and he just walks off. Kieran and Sally goes to deal with the possessed Jilly. The ants then show up just in the nick of time. However, they need 12 women to force Jimmy out of Jilly's body. So Sally uses the phone tree and luckily she was put in charge from that one, handy that one. She calls all on it, telling them she needs help to get rid of Jilly's ex and for them to discover the truth that they are indeed actually witches. Gossip spreads like wildfire as that night the house is filled with women. Candles are lit. Toads are removed from the house. The coven now take on Jimmy by holding their brooms and brushes at staff lens and form a perfect circle. The ants cast a spell to force him out. It doesn't work as he's far too strong. Laughing at them until Sally pulls out some tequila and forces him out. With some blood magic, Sally casts him out once and for all. With the evil cast out, he turns to dust, and with that, the coven brush him out into the night. And then they pour some potion on top of him, and he dissolves into the ground. The town folk now accept the Owens woman, as Sally burns the rose bushes. Later on, um, in the mail, Howitt sand sends Sally a letter saying case is now closed and here is Jimmy's ring. Is that how that one works? There's no body, no evidence, they just case closed. Okay then. This guy was a serial killer, they just drop it like that. Hmm. Anyway, that night Sally cast a spell to attract Hallett. The two then embrace days later. Everyone watches on as they kiss. So fast forward to that Halloween. The Owens woman jump off the roof of their house and fly down using their brollies. As credits roll. Okay then. So that was Practical Magic. Great acting from uh, Kidman and Bollock. Or Bollock Ral. This shines a positive light on Wicca magic. However, the story is kind of weak. Was Jimmy a warlock? Was he a demon? What the fuck is going on here? Or was he just pure, unadulterated evil? One cut hand and he's forced out. I don't know. Works like that. Hmm. Also, they kind of dropped the fact that he was a serial killer and just dropped the fact that the case was dropped. So that's... Hmm. This is a perfect Sunday rainy afternoon movie. I'll give it 7 out of 10. So, come out next week as I look at The Bird Witch Project and then wrap things up with The Craft. Now, don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe and follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. Now check out one of my dozens and dozens and dozens of other podcasts. A bye.